So welcome to A Correction Podcast. I'm your host, Lev Moscow. And today we have a very special guest. Uh, we're here with my good friend, Ethan. And we're not going to we're not going to mention his last name for reasons that will become pretty clear in just a sec. But welcome to the show, Ethan. Thank you, my friend. Excited to be here. I've been waiting my whole life for this. <laughs> uh, you're so kind. I'm a huge fan of Studs Terkel and the book Working. And then I'm not sure if you gave it to me or not, but 15 years ago or so, um, I read a wonderful book called Gig. And in both of those books, the authors interview people about their jobs and Part of what I want to do on a correction is talk to people about the kind of work they do. So in past episodes, we've talked to bartenders and people who sell Christmas trees and who make music and who write books. And today we're going to talk to Ethan about being a professional poker player. I'm excited about this. I've actually wanted to do this interview for a long time. So let's begin. The first question is one that I ask all the guests when they're talking about their work. Tell me today in 2021, what is your typical day like? I guess you you turn on your computer and you start gambling from home or do you go to a do you go to Atlantic City? What do you do? How do you actually play? So uh, first of all, I did give you gig. Very glad you enjoyed it and good memory. So I actually am only playing live these days and I play typically at underground poker clubs right here in New York City. I wish that underground poker clubs opened at 9 a.m. because I would love to be able to go to them while my son was in school, um, mm-hmm. but unfortunately they don't. So I usually have to wait until three or 4 PM if I actually want to start my, my day at the office, as I like to call it. And who, who's running these clubs? Where are they? I mean, are they like in, in the basement of Chinese restaurants and who's, who's there at the club? Um, good question. So uh, the first thing I'll say is they're generally not like the movie Rounders, in which the clubs are run by scary mobsters, and your very life <laughs> is at stake. And if you are trying to convince your later to be wife, that uh, it's a safe endeavor, you should not show her that movie. Um, because she'll be <laughs> terrified. <clears throat> uh, and then you will have to explain to her that in actuality, the poker clubs are run by just normal guys, uh, generally, very entrepreneurial type of uh, men and women usually men, because it's quite a lucrative uh, gig, as it were, running an underground poker club. They're quite profitable. And how do they make their money? The way poker clubs make money is the same way that casinos make money off of poker, which is actually different than the way casinos make money off of other games, which is that they take a rake, which is a percentage of each hand. So for example, if you and I are each playing a poker hand against each other, and let's say we each bet $20. Uh, So there's a total of $40 that will go to the winner. The casino, or in this case, the poker club will take usually 10% of that. So they would take $4 for themselves in that example. And then you or I, whoever won would only get $36 instead of 40. And if you do that hand after hand after hand, it ends up to a a handsome profit. Mm -hmm. And who are the people who are at the table with you? Like what kind of people uh, I mean, look, if I could just say you are also a teacher, right? Like you teach chess. Are there lots of other chess teachers there, people with second jobs? Yes, I would say very few people there are gambling for a living. They're mostly casual uh, people, mostly men, occasionally women, really of all ages. And they are mostly there to have fun because they like playing cards. Um, they would all like to win money, obviously. Uh, for some, it's maybe more important than others, depending on their their own personal wealth. 
Um, but they're typically people that are just looking to have fun and blow off steam for a few hours uh, after work or on their day off. Where are you going and how do you find out about these places? It's funny, I've been going to these places for about 15 years. Um, and kind of once you find out about one, you're kind of just in that world and then you start learning about others. So I originally found out about one, I think through a forum on the internet, a poker forum. And once I found out about that, it kind of just mushroomed from there. I started, you befriend people at the club, you start talking about different games with them, usually out of earshot of the owners of the current game, because they don't always like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so I, there's a bunch of different options if you have a poker game that you want to go to, but I typically will pick one or maybe two places that I like and feel comfortable at. And I will, uh, you know, stick with that place for a few years. Uh, sometimes the place you like gets shut down, raided by the cops, and you have to move on. Sometimes it reopens in a new location just days later. Well, I was going to ask about that. I mean, if you found out about this place on the internet, um, I imagine that the police must know about some of these places. So, yeah, I guess two questions here. One, why do you think that they don't get shut down more frequently? And two, have you ever been in a game and the police have sort of burst through the door? Yeah, so <clears throat> my impression is that if the owners or players at the poker club are not engaging in any other illegal activity other than cards, the police don't care too much about it. The first place that I ever played at, I played there for a few years, then I stopped playing there, but it was still running for a while. It was run by a bunch of ex-drug dealers, and they were dealing drugs out of the back of the poker club. And eventually there was a huge FBI sting, and they all got arrested, and many of them are in jail now. Um, but the clubs that I play at now, people are just playing cards. They're not doing anything like that. And I think the cops generally leave you alone. I think it's not high on our list of priorities, nor should it be, in my unbiased opinion. And then have you ever been playing a game and the cops have come in? So I never have. There's actually a game that I used to go to five day, uh, four days a week. And one week I was there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And on Friday, the cops raided it, which probably made me look suspicious, but I swear I had nothing to do with it. Um, but, you know, if you're a player at the clubs and the club gets raided, you don't actually get in any trouble. Only the uh, owner or proprietor of the club is the one who, who has legal problems after that. So when I first met you, you were, you were playing mostly online. And yes. um, I'm sort of curious if you could, I mean, I'm wondering if you could walk us through the ways that that this job has, has changed for you over the last 15 years or so? Yeah, so I used to play online, which was um, very convenient. It was also around 2005, 2006, the economy was booming. There was a lot of wealthy Wall Street people and other types of people that just had money to burn. People were also generally much worse at poker then. Poker had kind of only been popular for a couple of years. Uh, and there just weren't that many good players. And so playing online was great. Uh, then there was a big government crackdown on playing online, I think in 2007. And so I had to stop playing online after that. Then kind of new sites opened up, was playing on them. And then there was another big crackdown a few years after that, maybe 2011 or so. And then it just became too much of a hassle. Um, and I pretty much was only playing live. It, depending on where you live, you can play poker online in certain states like New Jersey, Pennsylvania, but not in New York. 
So you're not one of these guys who, who goes on the the um, New Jersey Transit or walks across the bridge to go play to go play in the cafe in New Jersey. And that wouldn't be worth it for no, you. No, but I know I do know people that do that. Uh, I knew so, a guy who won. I knew a guy who won sixty thousand dollars in a poker tournament sitting in a the lobby of a Marriott hotel in New Jersey. Apparently. <laughs> so I know that. Um, online sports betting is going to become legal in New York. Do you think that means that that poker will become legal here too? And will that change the way you work? That's a good question. Um, I'm not sure if poker is going to become legal or not in New York. Apparently New York has very strict anti-gambling laws, <clears throat> much stricter than many other states, which is somewhat surprising to me. If poker online became legal again, I don't actually know how much I would do it. You know, there's things that are nice about it, but there's things that are also nice about playing live. And that's kind of what I've gotten accustomed to. And the social aspect of playing live is nice. I mean, even if you're there to make money, it can still be enjoyable, provided that the other people at the table are, are nice and are not, you know, jerks. Yeah, so I, I know that some poker players, some professional pokers, maybe all, I mean, you can tell me about this if it's true for you, but are looking for easy targets. I mean, you're basically looking for people who are not professional players, as far as I understand. So one, tell me if that's, if that's right. And then two, how do you, how do you find these people? And like, if you find them, does everybody text everyone else? Like, Oh my God, you got to come to this club. There's these guys who don't know how to play. So yes, that is true. Um, generally people do not want to play with play poker with people that are as good as them. I mean, there is a certain maybe kind of, uh, thrill of the mental challenge of trying to outsmart someone who you think is a, a good player but no i would much rather play at a, at, a, at a table full of horrible players people aren't i mean i have gotten texts like oh you should come to this game so and so is here but that's kind of rare it's more or less you just you try to go to games where you know that you're as good or better than the majority of the players there uh, there's an old poker saying which is that if you can't spot the sucker at the table within the first five minutes you're the sucker <laughs> yeah um can i ask how how much money do you make a year so it is varied from year to year i mean right now i'm i'm playing less because of my duties as a as a mostly stay-at-home dad in my heyday i do most years i would say i would make between 50 and a hundred thousand dollars a year okay so like solidly middle class but but you're not rich from this job no, I'm not going to get rich from this job. I mean, the dream is always that you would um, make some huge score in a poker tournament like the World Series of Poker. That would probably be the only way that I would ever uh, become rich. And you've been to the World Series of Poker, is it twice? Uh, six times. Oh, sorry. Sorry. And how close did you come to, to, to winning? Not that close. Um, it's a little embarrassing. The best I ever did was... I only, I only finished, as they say, in the money once. Um, and I finished in 502nd place out of 6,500 people. Do you feel like you were, you were better than 500th place? It was just sort of a mix of bad luck? Or, or were you really just like, do that, these tournaments, does the best player usually win? No, in tournaments, the best player does not win. Tournaments, there's a lot of uh, kind of short-term luck because one bad card can knock you out of the tournament and just end everything for you. The year that I did well in the World Series of Poker, I had actually gotten a very lucky hand earlier in which I kind of deserved to lose mathematically and should have been eliminated, but I won that hand uh, and ended up finishing in the money. I had other years where I 
got knocked out on a horribly unlucky hand earlier and didn't make any money. So um, in tournaments, you have to play well, but you also do have to get lucky to, uh, to go far. I want to talk a little bit about the mathematical calculations that you make. There's a, a concept in economics, when we talk about markets, about distinguishing between risk and uncertainty. And famously, risk is uncertainty that you can price. And poker is a really nice game to explain that concept because you're dealing with, with risk. You can calculate the uncertainty. I'm wondering how many other experiences in your life are also risk experiences rather than uncertainty experiences? You mean outside of poker? Yeah. Um, it's a good question. Maybe not that many. I bet on sports occasionally, which is sort of similar in that you're taking a risk, but you're kind of doing it based on certain information that you think you have. Uh, although I'm not nearly as good at betting on sports as I am at poker. Uh, and there's probably a lot more uncertainty in that, despite what sports bettors would like to think. But no, I think you're, you're right. That was a good description of kind of how poker works. I mean, you're, you're trying to quantify. It's a game of incomplete information, as they say. So you, you know certain things. Uh, certain cards may be face up and then certain cards may be hidden. And so you can't ever truly know them. You're trying to kind of quantify your risk based on what the other person is doing, how they're acting, how much money they're betting. And then you're trying to kind of make your decisions based on that, if that makes sense. No, it does. And I guess I'm asking, are there lessons that you have learned really well in poker that you can apply to other parts of your life? Uh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, outside of poker, I'm, I'm not a big risk taker at all. Um, I'm kind of a boring guy who would rather be in a hammock than, you know, on a roller coaster or climbing a mountain. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's just because I, I get my share of risk or uncertainty through, through poker and I don't need it in other <laughs> yeah. aspects of life. I like the rest of my life to be kind of solid and stable and predictable. Your wife is solid and stable and is an upstanding member of the professional managerial class and a lovely person. I'm wondering if when you go to dinner parties with her, you are at all embarrassed about telling them what you do? And if so, do you tell them you do something else? Ha, huh. uh, it's a fair question. It kind of depends on who I'm with. Uh, I think around certain, certain. Um, does, her, does her father know what you do? He does not. No, and, the older generation of her family <laughs> definitely does not know what I do. And What do you and think their reaction would be? Or is he never going to know? He will never know. I think there's no, there's a certain kind of uh, person from the older generation that to them, gambling is just, it's gambling, it's reckless. There's no way anyone could ever win, make money consistently at it. There's really no explaining the difference between, you know, studying poker and becoming a good poker player and how that's different than just say, you know, gambling recklessly at the roulette wheel. And it's, it's, futile to try in my experience. Mm -hmm. So it's best to kind of just pretend like something else is going on. Mm -hmm. Well, let me ask you, how do you feel about the moral implications of the work that you do? There's been maybe only a handful of times in my life where I've felt bad about winning money from someone. Maybe if it looked like they really couldn't afford to lose it. But in general, because of the people that I play poker with, who they are, which is kind of, you know, 
Most of them are wealthier than me. Most of them have no problem losing the amount of money that they're losing. And, you know, they're trying to take my money. It's kind of not to be cliche, but it's like two gunslingers are willingly, you know, showing up to this duel and you're trying to take my money. I'm trying to take yours. Let's see who, let's see who wins. Let's see who gets the money. Um, and so I don't, there haven't been too many times where I felt, you know, overly bad about it from that standpoint. Um, could be that I'm just rationalizing it in my own head after doing it for so long, but I feel like nobody's forced to be there at the table. Almost all the people I play with can afford it. And so, you know, if I win, great. I'm no wondering, problem. I'm wondering if your, your wife who, you know, makes a good living and, and owns, you know, owns her own apartment. I'm wondering if having that, sharing that life with her and having that kind of buffer, does that make you a, a better poker player? Because, you know, you can, you can take some risks you wouldn't take if, if you, you know, were on your own. It's interesting. I have thought about how my marriage has affected my, I mean, one thing is that if I wasn't married and certainly didn't have a kid, I would be playing a ton more poker. Mm -hmm. um, and so from that standpoint, I would just be working more and probably, you know, making more money. No, it's interesting. I mean, I think also, I think in, on the other hand, just being, being married to a stable, responsible person has actually also made me, you know, maybe handle poker in a different way. Like, um, I'm, you know, the stakes are, are real now. Like I have a child and no, if I like lose a couple of times at poker, I'm not going to, you know, not going to be able to afford rent or anything like that. Um, but it somehow does seem different than when I was in my twenties and single and playing. So I'm wondering, Ethan, if you've ever, has anybody ever cheated in any of the games you've played in? Yes. So that's one of the things why when you find a poker club where it's run, it's run as an honest game, um, which sometimes it takes a little while to figure out whether that's true or not. You really want to stick with it because I have been at places where some shady things have been going on, including some cheating. Tell me about it. About 10 years ago, I was playing at a place and there was a guy who always seemed to win. And you can have people that play badly and, and get lucky and win. And then they can win for <clears throat> a length of time. But there was something that felt different about this. He was, he was just playing in a way that was different than anything I'd ever seen. Like it didn't make sense. It wasn't just that he was getting lucky. It was that it was almost as if he knew what the cards were. Like there was almost no other explanation for it. But I kind of wasn't thinking that at the time and he was winning and winning and I was losing and not winning as much as I usually did for a few weeks. And finally someone pulled me aside and said, this guy's cheating. Mm. Um, and I said, Oh my goodness. And he, he explained to me everything that was going on and it, it made a lot of sense. Okay. Well, you're, you're going to have to tell me what he was doing. Sure. So, uh, I almost couldn't believe this when I heard it because it sounded like science fiction, but uh, the dealer was in on it, in on the cheating with him. And what happened was they had a special deck of cards they would use and he had a scanner in his phone. And so the dealer would put the cards close to the man's phone. The phone would scan the cards and find out the order that the cards were in. Wow. And then he would know based on how the cards are going to be dealt, whether or not he was going to end up with the best hand by the end of the hand when all the cards had been dealt. And so uh, even if he had a terrible, terrible hand, 
And even if the first couple of cards didn't help him at all, he would stay in certain hands knowing that by the end he would, he would have the best hand. And if he knew he wasn't going to have the best hand, he could just, you know, fold his cards and save his money. Um, and so, yeah, once I learned this, I never played there again. Where did, where did you know where he got the, the deck from? And that's, that's incredible. I believe that the scanner, you could only get it in China. This was, this was 10 years ago. I don't know whether they're more common now, but now that was kind of, I was kind of a naive young, I was younger than I was just, Oh, you know, eventually I'll start winning again. But now I kind of know to trust my gut when something seems suspicious and, you know, look out for that sort of thing more than I did back then.